0: just the fact that they believe that he's the best yeah, coach he's yeah. unbelievably powerful then if the fact that he is as well like that's the buy in that sometimes coaches if there's any bit of doubt they don't get that subscribe to the football pod wherever you get your podcasts
1: just a slight tangent on, on that
0: <laughs> this
1: is a there's far too much of a tangent just a brief interruption can I also say one more thing on this, But But uh, we also need to impose some rules. Like, we can't just have 20 minute tangents over a text. Come on. This is refusal to consider the circumstances. I'm not going to entertain that, Joe. This conversation is not a good one, I think. Do we argue much? No. Right, we dinner. keep them inside. Let fester. <laughs> See, I thought this was a ridiculous text until I read the top three, and then I thought, do you know what? what? Oh, yeah. I'd actually debate that with you. It is an interesting... Sorry, it's not an interesting question, but... Uh... <laughs> Let's make that clear.
0: <laughs> I love the sound of a snooker referee counting up the score.
1: Oh, you're welcome along. A slight tangent two weeks in a row. These are truly scary times for all concerned. Very happy to say Michael McCarthy is here in studio. Michael, hello again. Hello again, Joseph. Arthur O'Dea, hello. what's the crack, Joe. And Will O'Callaghan is with us as well. Will, good evening. How you good on, lads? Very well. So here we are again, fellas. A slight tangent two weeks in a row. <laughs> like it, it or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, much to discuss a very quick email, slight tangent at com. This is, by the way, where the uh, FMPM team chewed the fat on various issues for an hour of the week. Uh, whatever you want, fire it in. We'll get to it. A slight tangent at com. We might get to it. We try. We'll see. Declan McMahon, and we don't want to spend too long on this because we gave Formula One ample time last week. But just to follow a follow up point, a lad's re-Formula One chat from last week When the fastest driver starts in pole position, it's never going to be an exciting race. The grid should be reversed with the driver with the least points pole position and the driver with the most points at the rear of the grid. Effectively, it would be a handicap race similar to horse racing with passing and genuinely competitive racing, says Declan.
2: Good idea. I love it, but I mean, it's never going to happen.
3: It would take away qualifying, which is a big money spinning day. Mm-hmm. It's more than two days now at this stage. Um, it's interesting that you'd have to get your tactics spot on then. So, would you be better off to maybe finish somewhere in the middle to deliberately kind of tank, but not tank too much, so that
1: you're in an advantageous position going into the next race? Well, now you're gaming the system. I mean, well, there that's would exactly ha- what would happen? There would have to be a degree of, well, you won the last four races, so you're just going to the back of the grid type rule. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll probably still win, but if we're into that kind of nonsense chicanery, no pun intended, (laughs) then that just goes (laughs) to show absolutely intended. That just goes to show how much trouble the sport is in (laughs) if that's the best suggestion. Uh, Right. Let's jump into this because invariably we were always going to get uh, to it. So an email from Niall Melia. Hello, lads. Long time listener. First time emailer. I think in future long time first time is all you have to write there.
2: OK, yeah. You know. yeah. You're just trying to save these people a few words here. Save and there. your copy yeah. for yeah. the email itself. Yeah.
1: So I can probably guess your stance, says Niall, but for the week that's in it, and he's referring to the Kelly Harrington interview with Shane Hannan on AM, is it ever not OK for a sports person to be asked about something non-sports related during an interview if it's off topic, e.g. something political or potentially controversial? I've seen a lot of people complaining when sports journalists ask athletes about non sports topics with the usual line of it's meant to be a sports show. Is it expected for the interviewer to ask the PR friendly questions? Okay, so plenty in that email, I suppose. On the interview and I texted Shane as much, actually, I I messaged him uh, yesterday to give my view, his line of questioning was not 95% legitimate, not 99.9% legitimate. It was 100% legitimate and appropriate and kudos to him for doing it. Uh, The reason, in my opinion, it's legitimate is very simple. Kelly Harrington tweeted these views very publicly to the masses, put them out there. They catch the eye for obvious reasons. So for anyone to suggest that somehow um, and, you know, her rationale that it was in October, for instance, if that's the, you know, the, the, the strongest argument against raising it, for anyone, anyone to suggest that it's somehow therefore inappropriate for him to bring this up, uh, I can't see your logic and I haven't seen a good argument as to why it shouldn't have been brought up. So that's where I am on that now preemptively say there'll be emails to say shock journalists. journalists uh, agree, uh, especially given that Shane's a colleague of ours, with Shane bringing it up. But I, I genuinely do think that in these specific circumstances, and we can have the more general debate about what's fair to bring up or not bring up afterwards, but in these specific stir- circumstances where Kelly Harrington has put forward a viewpoint which catches the eye, uh, that it's not legitimate to ask her about a viewpoint she's publicly put forward does not make sense to me, I have to be honest.
3: Yeah, I mean, and Shane obviously interweaves that when he was accused within the interview that he was trying to hang Kelly Harrington out to dry or was being somewhat sneaky in his line of questioning. He wasn't. He was saying, look, you were speaking to me about a campaign where the company that you're representing at the moment have got an inclusive community campaign is what this is around. I want to ask you about a tweet that you made that obviously you had misgivings about because you deleted it. Shane did not say, uh, you have to justify your views or do you want to apologise for your views? He said, what's your stance on the tweet now, a few months on? There's no statute of limitations on this, that because something happened in October, it's off limits to be discussed now. So he's perfectly entitled to ask the question. It perhaps raises the bigger question about, because loads of people have said, oh, this happened so long ago, how come you're asking Kelly Harrington now? I actually have to salute Shane for the fact that he went along and asked the question because Kelly Harrington had plenty of radio and TV appearances on the back of her book, which came about a month after that tweet in October, where she quote tweeted that GB News. And again, Kelly Harrington has now got support today from uh, the woman who was in the video that was being interviewed, I've noticed as well. So this has been remarkably polarising. But the point being that nobody asked Kelly Harrington at the time just before Christmas about this. Shane has asked about it now. He's perfectly entitled to bring it up And I hate this idea that sport has to stay in its own lane. We've mentioned so many times on The Tangent and probably across the show that sport and politics mix all the time. And in Shane's case, he asked a question which was open-ended enough for Kelly Harrington to be able to either speak about her experience from October, why she deleted it, maybe what her opinions are now. And he didn't bring her down any kind of... um, Let's say he didn't try and set her up with the question in the way that it was interpreted. And that's why I think you Kelly Harrington's statement coming out last night, because what Shane asked was perfectly legitimate within the context of the interview.
1: For me, Mick, the tweet legitimises the question. If Shane was to pepper every sports person he interviews with questions on immigration, finance, the housing crisis, etc., I think they would be within the rights to say why, like, why it wouldn't you, be relevant. Why, why are you coming to me on that? But there was a relevance to the question.
2: There was also a relevance to the context of the interview and why she was being put forward and what that campaign is, right? But you also have... I ju- I'm just confused as to the objection to the question, if you know what I mean, from some people. Like I saw, I saw Paddy Barnes, for example, said, look, I don't know... You know what her opinions are, or whether I agree with them or not, but she shouldn't have been asked that in the sports in a in a sports interview. I don't understand what a sports interview is you know like like this person and look at it 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 could be anyone is is being interviewed about themselves you know in one way or another, and you know if something is out there and needs clarification or questioning in the context of the thing we're talking to her about which is what the case was yesterday, then I, I suppose what, I, what I'm concerned about, about. and by the way, the reaction has been 99%, I would say, um, you know, in, in kind of a like well done to Shane. And I think the focus is probably more on Kelly than it is on the interviewer, the journalism in, involved here. But for those who don't have, I am concerned about the idea that there's a sense that a interviewer asking questions is a problem. You know, I just don't understand the mentality behind that. I can't really get my head around why people would think that. You know, somebody asking a question and trying to get that answer when it wasn't given is ever a problem. Like, I mean, what are we doing here? If that's if that's not to be the case, I don't know. It doesn't mean to say that it's easy to do, or it doesn't mean to say that. I don't think anybody wants to be falling out with people, or like you know, getting into a situation where there is a backlash against that person in a way that. You know, we can discuss in a while as to whether even that's fair and, you know, but again, that doesn't come from, you know, that's not the the interviewer's fault for asking a legitimate question. I'm just, I'm just confused a lot. uh, I, I suppose the reason I'm focusing on this, Joe, is because you said at the start, people will email in and say shock horror journalists stick together. Well, there's, why is that? Is it because we understand what the job is supposed to be? You know? Mm. Now maybe Obviously obviously, Like I mean There's like you know Doctors don't criticise doctors And so on There is an element of that Of course there is But in this case Like I think it's You know I think think there's I think there's an External belittling um, Of what It is that People try and do And look Most of the time We're in here And we're just talking About football matches And it's fine That's all it is But there's other times When there is more To a, a piece than that And it is our Job It is what We are paid to
0: do Is to ask
2: those questions
0: Arthur <clears> that's <throat> oh, a no brainer like that it can be asked. Like it's silly thing otherwise it's pointless. It's not um, it's it's not journalism by any metric then if it's if, if there's things like that off limits. I don't know what um the more complicated thing I think is I'm not sure what it will ach- not that what it will achieve, that's the wrong thing, but what the outcome will be. I don't think uh 'cause God knows what, like she was feeling say yesterday imagine it was quite a difficult day all in all. Like, and That's that's no criticism, again, of Shane or anything like that. It's just that's the reaction to it that's, and having to deal with that. I, I don't know what that would be like. Mm. Um, I don't know what it would do, though. Would will, will that give you cause to rethink if a rethink is needed? Does it make you entrenched if you already have a set view? I, I'm not sure. That's my only thing about it. I think it's perfectly fine to ask um and more often than not if things are likely to come up like that i mean we we know sports people will generally have a a preemptive answer that is so concise and sordid, and that's the that's the problem here really that it wasn't and there was no kind of preparation for that um and that's that's not on again that's nothing to do with Shane it's not on him but i don't know i don't know what the outcome is i don't know what happens now mm. I, I, and and as you're kind of seeing then from the really polarized responses like it doesn't seem like this is in any way changing anyone's mind, if you know what I mean. Like, I, so I don't know. I don't know what happens. I don't know. Is there, is there a next step you have to do after that to almost harness the the reaction and kind of move it towards something educational or positive or something? I I, I don't know. Yeah. I just
3: think on the process, Joe, like I think some people have asked in good faith about this. Why did questions not get screened or how was Kelly Harrington not ready? Like, I think we can all speak openly and say here that we would never send questions to an interviewee before the interview. Mm. I think some people mistakenly thought that that was the case, and so therefore Shane had maybe waited to spring it, did the questions about the boxing, did the questions about the Olympics, and then went, whoa, well, here's a tweet I've just found because I was sleuthing on Twitter that you deleted six months ago. That's not the case whatsoever. And we would never, I can't think of any time I've ever sent pre-approved questions to somebody.
2: We were asked that, weren't we, a couple of months ago? I think I think we got an email this to slight tangent about it. Yeah, yeah, and people, I think, I think there was a sense of a surprise almost that, you know, of course that doesn't happen.
3: Maybe that's because it happens in other fields where, you know, sometimes someone would request before they go to do an interview, yeah. uh, can I get an idea of the questions that I'm going to be covering? But certainly we would never send on something in advance where they'd be prepared in that way.
1: Yeah, I did um, see as well somebody asking, you know, is that her PR person who was interjecting and my sense would be it's not that that would be a PR person who would be handling the Account for day the for SPAR. Yeah. So SPAR would say, you know, so so in effect, that person would be working on behalf of SPAR to make sure the Zoom call was set up and to, you know, say, OK, we're ready to go and to, and to just, you know, OK, you've got to wrap up the interview, not for the reasons of yesterday, but just for time purposes. And so it's not like, Kelly Harrington walked into that room with like a PR team or a to protect or her. Yeah. I, that's not what would have been uh, happening there. If you missed, um, I mean, as for curious, where does it leave Kelly Harrington at the moment? Um, so, like the tweet in October, she was quote tweeting Eva Vlardiner Brooke of GB News, and it's about the death of a 12 year old who'd been murdered. And what she had said was very, very sad. Powerful message from Eva Brook. Our own leaders need to take a listen to this. She believes this is the 12th girl in France this year who's been killed by an immigrant, and that's just France. Um, So what she said in her statement subsequent to the interview yesterday was, and it's quite a long statement, but the gist being that she tweeted a video of a journalist that I don't know. Um, so obviously, you know, like I suspect lots of people, you come across it on social media, you just watch the clip, you don't get any other context. But uh, she says, my thoughts were of that young girl, not any political opinion. That's not true. It was a political opinion. It wasn't just a retweet. It wasn't just a, I'm devastated about that awful instance in that poor girl. It was very much our leaders need to listen to this. So it was a political opinion and, you know, killed by an immigrant. And that's just France. So for her to say in her statement that it's not. It was a political rallying call. Yeah. It's like literally. It, yeah. yeah. So it's it's, and again, this is why most people I spoke to saw the PR statement or the, the statement and dismissed it as a PR statement, which she had help with in a bid to stave off losing other, uh, uh, you know, losing other um, uh Sponsorship, sponsorship deals. You know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry, Arthur. I'm sorry. I was just trying to go a bottle away the nice the noisiest and bottle of all time. Do you want to get a hammer out there and open <laughs> that bottle? <laughs> Where was it? Yeah. So so people look on those uh, statements as with with deep suspicion. And does that sound like Kelly? Did she have help? Did she instigate it? Or was someone standing over her saying you need to get this statement out to cool the waters here? All of those things are, you know, in, in, in people's uh, minds. So, but... And the problem is, with the statement is when she says I wasn't making a political opinion, it's not an interview situation where someone can go, to be fair now, you were making a political opinion. Anyway, the statement continues. She says she deleted the tweet. I thought it was very interesting. She said she engaged privately with people hurt by my tweet. Uh, I apologized to them again. And and I I do think, to be fair to her, if she wasn't expecting the question or the conversation and didn't want the question to happen, she tried to shut it down in a very candid way. But it's, you know, it would have been interesting if she had talked about, well, I, I deleted the tweet. I engage with people privately. I apologise to them. Uh, she went on to say, I'm aware I need to be mindful of what I say. I don't want to engage in politically sensitive matters. She talked about many multicultural influences uh, continuing to shape the person I am. Uh, people close to me will attest to that. And she says, I'm all about community inclusion and diversity. Uh, so, so that's where we are. I mean, my my okay. I'm not going to express a strong opinion either way, because my, my, my core sense is we don't really have a great sense of Kelly Harrington's views still. It's a very uneven picture. There's one retweet of one clip and it's deleted. And then her efforts yesterday to shut down a conversation. Could anyone who is castigating her in the worst possible terms of which there are many? Yeah. Yeah. Or could anyone defending her in the strongest possible terms? and everybody in the middle. Give us in a paragraph, Kelly Harrington's views on immigration. You, do, you don't know them. It's, it's such an uneven presentation on her part. And so there is now, I would say, just a question mark. And it's been exacerbated by the interview yesterday. The question mark was there based on anyone who saw her tweets in October. And whether she's of a mind to answer the question and to give Opinions people may not like or to to clarify her position and give opinions that people might like more. I don't know whether she just wants it all to go away forever. She going, absolutely, that would be her right. It might be tricky for her doing future interviews um, to shut it down and just leave it as it is and think that the statement covers it. That's my slightly grey. It's almost too early in this process yeah, it to, is, to have yeah. a firm opinion on and where Ke- but, <laughs> Kelly Harrington is or should be but that would be my kind of unease with it is I don't know. I, like, w- th- what is Kelly Harrington's view? We don't know her view right. Can we
2: I just want to like I feel like yesterday I feel like this is so big because of how poorly the question was handled right if she had said what she said in that statement there was nobody trying to ruin Kelly Harrington yesterday right and and it's the last thing I think anybody wants to do I think it's in some ways it's like please clarify you know uh, these opinions that you put out there into the world and haven't been we haven't uh, expanded on them since you know so I feel like if she had said even what she said in that statement that would have been it and it would have been enough so like there is a part of me that's like this has been out there for an awful long time she handled the question really, really badly. Is that, does that actually make Kelly Harrington less acceptable than she was two weeks ago or whatever it was that she was carrying the Olympic flame? You know there is there is like people do have opinions and like i mean there'll be a conversation about free speech and so on and how people don't really understand that because you know you have (laughs) free speech is, is an entitlement to have that uh expression it's not entitled to not be challenged on it um but at the same time like she has been challenged on it whatever she's come out there and made i wouldn't call it clarifying but at least in some ways tried to Address it. Should that be the end of it. End of Kelly Harrington as an ambassador for Irish sport and all? I'm not. I'm not so sure. You know, I do think we have to be careful about that. There was an awful lot of responses yesterday on both sides of the fence. Right? They were either, in my opinion, from what I saw, anyway, and I didn't spend all day looking at it. But and there was thousands upon thousands of replies. They were either attacking Shane for whatever or they were attacking Kelly and I feel the attack side was far too strong. It was like I feel there was a, there was a genuine disappointment in Kelly uh, given her story and how everybody got behind it and there's a genuine disappointment there but so many, so much of it just went to right she's a racist and all and as you've just pointed out for the last 10 minutes Joe we have no way of knowing that no. and I think it's really unfair to jump onto that right I did. Th- what we were trying to do yesterday what Seamus tried to do yesterday was tried to clarify a situation. That's all it was. There's nobody in here c- proclaiming Kelly Harrington as an unacceptable person. Mm. And I just think
3: that we just have to be careful about that stuff, you know? Mm. She's, She's done a lot of good as well, you know? Yeah, to, to Mick's point as well, I would hate to think that if Kelly Harrington has got reservations about immigration and, let's say, a feeling about which she would feel that she would be unable to express because she would have a concern that the media or sponsors will actually go to cancel her. That would be an incredibly unfortunate situation if she felt that she couldn't actually speak openly about it as well.
0: She'll so have her on the late show.
3: Will Joe have her on the late show? When he there. takes over. <laughs> There's a way <right> under, yeah. to <laughs> underline this conversation. Like some of the attacks on Shane were really bad today as well. Like, people just making stuff up and oh, sure, it's like, it was horrible it was bad the whole yeah. thing's horrible the whole yeah. discourse the whole area is no it's, it's very difficult it's been rough yeah. for both of them today there's I no uh, there's no way
0: of there's no niceties involved in it like it's it's just a horrific place like it's just
1: that's just what you deal with yeah it's just the reality so what's your sense of there's been Harrington's statement uh, there are think piece has now been written. I suspect yeah. the Sunday papers will have a, 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 some thoughts on it and then I suspect it will just drift out to see a touch for a while. Uh, and it, is that the end of it? Or every time she does an interview in the interim, does she have to be asked about it now? Or where are you, Arthur? I don't think so. I think it'll be maybe, maybe one,
0: they're, they're, it, depending on how it wants to be played, because it kind of, again, we don't know what her thinking is, you know, I don't know how stridently she believes it. So it kind of depends on what happens next. But if, if it is a kind of a... Um, if there's a explanatory interview that's nicely handled, nicely shot, nicely presented somewhere that comes out and kind of, for all intents and purposes, clears
1: it up, then I think it's business as usual. I don't think there's any... Once it's not neatly packaged and it's all massaged and, and kind of coached through it, I mean, it has to feel somewhat authentic, you know? I don't know,
0: because I'm not sure about if... Yeah, it sort of depends. I think it... I... The, the problem is that if... The, I suppose that... The, the target in question of this interview, the target of that tweet, like doesn't necessarily have so great a voice. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to find any sort of situation where there can be much blowback. It would, it would require people to keep that up who have no necessarily vested interest yeah. in the actual issue, which is always hard
3: to kind of predict.
1: Yeah. Look, again, I can't speak of her general views. I don't know them, and that, like, I'd emphasise that more than anything. But
3: that's why I would have been interested actually hear. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. It was if, like
1: it was a very fair here's an opportunity. Why don't you just in in your own time, in your own words, what did you mean by that tweet? Mm. Because people can read a lot into it because it's not a good tweet. You know what I mean? To be highlighting a murder by an immigrant and and linking the two. It's not good. It's wrong. And uh, far more people in France are murdered by French people every year, for instance. So, you know, it it was so uneven. And what struck me, I was sort of saying to you, Mick, as well, away from Kelly Harrington, because again, I don't know what she thinks, Yeah, but away from Kelly Harrington, there is something so rotten and insidious about that GB news tactic of this awful event. And what I think we can all agree is Kelly Harrington saw the murder of a 12 year old and was outraged and she felt sadness and she felt anger about it, um, as you would. And, and that these outlets, they, they take that well-meaning outrage about something And they twist it into immigrants. Oh, we can use that. We'll take your well-meaning outrage. We'll take our immigration agenda. I mean, it was ironic. She said Shane had an agenda, by the way. And she's retweeting GB News. That was funny. And we'll mix those two together and we'll throw that at you and that'll get you more stoked up. And again, away from Kelly Harrington, because I don't know what she thinks. It does just highlight the dangers of people not looking soberly at issues on their phone, watching a clip here, a clip there, Most of us, I would say, are uninformed in this issue. If I ask any of you, how many immigrants have come into the country? What proportion of them are in Kelly Harrington's area? What proportion of them are living down the country? What proportion of them are in... None of us know the answers to those questions enough, I feel. We all have enough information to be dangerous. But like that that these outlets, I don't want to call them news organisations, are twisting things and that the algorithms are firing them at people who are susceptible to them.
3: But isn't that why it's so hard to dialogue at the moment, Joe? Well, it is because on the other side, people will say that you're now twisting the argument, and people are trying to cancel Kelly Harrington from a legacy media point of view or leftist organisation. I'm not trying to cancel anyone. No, 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 I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying that's what happens. As opposed to people sitting down and having a conversation about this, Mm. it's you're on one side, GB News are on the other. Well, I am on the other side of GB News.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but like (laughs) I'll give you you that. that I'm saying is
3: that someone on the other side of the argument won't listen to you because (laughs) they'll claim if they're watching this right now or they're
1: watching a clip they'll say he's twisting the agenda. But like, you know, it's funny, I don't have an agenda. I will listen to someone who says to me, I am really concerned at the extent of immigration. Uh, Where I live in inner city Dublin, services aren't operating, we're completely oversubscribed and you're funneling immigrants into my area. I have concerns about that. I I may not agree. I I may say, oh, that's, I don't, you know, talk, tell me more and let's get some facts and let's talk about this very openly as a country. My instinct is not going to be you're a racist. I'm great, etc. Like, but but the conversation is polluted. It doesn't happen that way. It happens with GB News. See this murder and immigrants.
2: social media immigrants. Because that's the other thing is like it's people's Facebook timelines and it's everything like that. It's just, it, it again. It's been fe- it's been fed that here's the story. Here's the big scary reason for it that can suit our agenda and can you know and it's it's everywhere. You say it's GB News, right? GB News is like a, a joke, right? That's a, I think people were very very surprised to see. Um, Kelly Harrington being fed that it feels like it's you know it, people almost know it's the extreme Wait, do- you know but what I mean is there's a lot more more mainstream things that are a lot more shared that are basically with uh, spouting the same crap you know and it's so so dangerous and look Again, we may take the initial subject out of this because we don't know the individual thought process, but I guarantee there's plenty of people who don't think about politics that much, who don't think about immigration policy that much, who might be really good friends with the people that they work with who aren't from Ireland and think, well, you're okay, but Jesus, I'm reading this thing with big, huge red letters in front of me about how the immigrants are doing this and that and the other and I'm really scared because they're moving in in the house up the road, and I'm going to these protests and so on. You know, and I mean, in some ways it excuses the kind of behavior of, like, the lunatic people, like, you know, who are out protesting and stuff like that. I think, and in some ways then, it maybe even doesn't give enough credit to how much thought and nuance they put into it. You know, I think it works in both ways, but you have to admit that that's a huge part of it. It's just this
1: bombarding of fear. Mm on
2: everybody at all times.
1: Arthur, I'm relying on you here as we go to an ad break to uh, surmise everything we've said <laughs> and, and give us a Jerry Springer-esque uh, final thought on <laughs> the whole situation, be that Harrington and the ills of uh, society. Uh, Pete, that's ads. No, 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 it's not ads. <laughs> go on, give us a, give us a final thought because you've, you've, you've listened. Do you agree, disagree? Or to what? To, 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 anything that you heard there in the last five minutes.
0: Like it's just, it's a very... It's a very disheartening time. Uh, we know exactly why these things are spread. Like we know why it works, or why it worked for so long in England. Like when you see in the last week, in front of whatever parliamentary thing he was in front of, a Boris Johnson. that's you see all these all the same sort of things. That the first day that's on, the Prime Minister, the Rishi Sunak's thing, um, put out the news of his accounts and revealed that he had like earned like over one point six million pounds last year. You know, his like his like his his PM salary accounts for a tenth of his earnings last year, and you know, it's just the same thing. I suppose all these things are just diversionary tactics. As Mick's saying, like just out there's something that will get people riled up, so they'll stop thinking about what's important. Like that's, and that's just the same thing that's happening here. Mm. Like God, we have such bigger problems here than you know than immigration, yeah. and people just it'll it'll take the eye off the ball. It's handy, and, I, and that's not to say that there's any direct political party who's stoking that and, and orchestrating this. It doesn't I think it works at a higher power than that? To be honest with you. Mm. There's there's text and different things in saying like you know having like com- you know
2: the type of conversation you were talking about about unchecked immigration and changes in society and all these things that I think again legitimate conversations that could be had be you on one side or the other yeah but again this isn't what we're talking about in terms of the you know for example the tweet that Kelly retweeted it was fearmongering yes simple as it was right? don- and it that, was, I think was, that's a
1: fact it was like, Donald Trump they're sending over their murderers and their rapists. Yeah, That's all it was. Yeah, Which is so grim that that's gaining traction. But Just before
3: we you are. go to the break, Joe, you asked the question, we kind of ended up talking around a little bit. You said, what next for Kelly Harrington? Did you mean in terms of her legacy? Did you mean what happens next? Her public
1: profile, like, I would yeah, imagine. I'd probably meant more short term, yeah. Like, do, it doesn't feel satisfactorily put to bed on the basis of a statement that was just pumped out to, to calm the waters.
3: yeah. Probably not, but then again, everyone will be getting excited about Kelly Harrington potentially going to defend her Olympic medal next year and potentially bring another medal back to Ireland. as you said, I wonder how much fizzles out. Kelly Harrington doesn't do that many interviews really um outside of her book and outside of uh, commercial gigs, yeah so that's an interesting it. point though, because I don't think people in Ireland are necessarily
2: blind when it comes to like somebody just going off to the Olympics. I think if I again. Personally I wouldn't think that enough has happened for her not to be someone that is supported in the Olympics. But if there were to be more or if there were to be uh, I don't think I don't think her, her going in boxing it would be enough. I think people would be you know, I think there's examples that I won't even mention of people who, you know, I think are looked on not too favourably by, by, by incidents that have happened over their careers and so on. So I don't know about that and, and I think it's important because there was an element of the the Kelly Harrington story that was brilliant and it was I remember six o'clock in the morning so well and I remember all the, the, the Portland Row stuff and everything like that and it was an amazing story and look to be honest like her her the, the area she's from her sexuality everything everything was seen as like this brilliant positive story in some ways Kelly Harrington has been a media darling Yeah, hmm. it is interesting to know to, to wonder whether that will ever be like that again I think she will, I personally think she will retain a huge amount of popularity and I do kind of think ultimately will, as, as things stand, we go to the Olympics and everyone gets behind her. It's never going to be the same, it's never going to be like it was in... Uh, in um, 21. In, yeah, exactly. I couldn't remember what year those <laughs> Olympics were on. Damn COVID. <laughs> um,
1: well, we'll see. That was heavy. Let's take a short break and return to other issues. Arthur D. Mick McCarthy, Willow O'Callaghan here on a slight tangent. Okay, you're welcome back. You're welcome back. Slight tangent. So let's uh, touch on last night. There is an email in and already, uh, not Declan, Kevin. Kevin is already a touch pessimistic about Ireland's chances of making the euro. So he says, hello, Joe and Co, which is, as we know, the preferred intro line loving the segment as always he says mm. uh, keep up the good work he says he knows uh, how to, butter you uh, up to read it out <laughs> right okay skip the <laughs> it's just based on the text messages over the last half hour I'm taking any bit of goodwill <laughs> <get. Fair enough, laughs> <actually. laughs> uh, so uh, Kevin if he does say so says a classic water cooler idea so he's building it uh, we can't be the first to think of it can't see the downside basically he wants a Euro championship for countries who fail to qualify for the big show uh, maybe teams that lose playoffs or finish third or fourth in the group. So basically, a Europa League to a Champions League is what he's asking for. Played over the same period, hosted in a different country, wall to wall games, winner gets guaranteed into the next Euros. That's the prize. They then do the same for the World Cup, play in a different time zone. So it's football 24 7. All markets cater for. Imagine Ireland playing Chile in World Cup B, to be fair to Kevin. He, does put, he does put in brackets. We haven't worked out the name yet. <laughs> Semi-final. Winner gets automatically into the... This is one of my, the best emails we've ever had, I think. Winner gets automatically into the next World Cup. This is way better than simply expanding the World Cup. Who loses, he asks. TV loves it. I guarantee Archer's is going to be against this. Idea. love it. Players love it. Please discuss from the Colgate water cooler gang. Oh, we're big in the Colgate factory.
0: (laughs) What does the winner, so the winner that automatically qualifies, what do they do during their next round of qualifiers instead? Uh, Do what the host nation do,
1: play some friendlies. Celebrate the fact that they're going to the World Cup. Nations League. Yeah, Yeah, do a Qatar. They played in a group in the Nations League. They're a more beloved Qatar. Like oh so, the, so is this second? Oh, God. A, a second, More <laughs> football, More guests for me to have to get on. I don't know anyone in Chile. I can't preview an Ireland Chile semi.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but
1: that is going to be the. Vickery
0: can do it, all right. So, the <laughs> second, you're the busiest man in football. That's so Sam and never answers his phone. The second 48. to like, no, So, it's going to be a 48 be, be, team World Cup and another 48 I team World Cup. To be, to be, be fair, this very
1: smart point is saying this will be in lieu of expanding the World oh Cup. Oh so okay. the World Cup stays the beautifully well-balanced 32 teams that it is. And this is just like teams who lose the playoff and maybe third or fourth in the group. This doesn't have to be another 32-team San 16, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't apply. I, do you know what? They should have their own tournament, though. There's a lot to be said for this. I
3: does think does it's a it great idea. Does concurrently with yes. the World Cup? yeah. His, his argument it is that window.
1: it runs concurrently in different time zones. So you get wall-to-wall World Cup.
2: Like, so one of the... Jo- beauties of the World Cup, like so. If Ireland are in the World Cup, we're like we're on this world stage, and it's absolutely amazing. The whole watching us, and we're going to watch every game because we also just like independently love the World Cup. Yeah, that's gone completely from this. This is just a tournament. The qualification thing is massive. It's Ooh. it's it becomes qualifier level yeah. rather than it's not going to be like a World Cup. Let's face it.
1: No, it's the Europa League. Yeah, but like so, when Dundalk are doing well in Europe. As opposed yeah. to just having nothing to watch that night.
2: Yeah. Oh no, I, look, I'm all in. Are you all in?
3: It's Absolutely. Not, you know, I'm all in. I think I is, actually, I'm think actually very surprised this hasn't happened. I think UEFA and then. FIFA would be very much on board with this. This is a really simple solution and, for them. And it preserves the integrity of a 30 G D World Cup as well. Well, and potentially the countries who are close to qualifying might vote for the president who tries to bring this in yes. because the incentive of qualifying that way is there.
1: And I would say for the Euros, which are just going to become ridiculously bloated very soon, it preserves, uh, you know, a, a heightened sense of, oh, the European Championships, touch a class. Not, every, not just anyone gets into it. Only eight teams get into this championship. Obviously, we wouldn't go back to eight teams. No, because we still wouldn't qualify for the B tournament then. Arthur gonna, D, The FIFA World Plate now that you've digested the extra work it might entail for you
0: wall to wall
1: god almighty three games it down does sound like a like lot of games. football I have to say Yeah, are you going to have seven. like literally six, six games a six day six games on the trot <laughs> but you see it'll be a different time zone so yeah. the World Cup might be on in China <laughs> and we're having a European um, yeah no it has to be worldwide Joe. World Cup B yeah so when you know you, you might want to get up early in the morning to watch Argentina play Saudi Arabia in the group stages but on prime time, you'll have Ireland <laughs> against Scotland. <laughs> on Primetime. Ireland against Scotland in World Cup B. Yeah. Cup B. In Chile. I am, the I, world the world plate. World Cup B is growing on me. <laughs> <laughs> As a name. Arthur, will you not admit it's a bloody so so that the Colgate factory could win it. can acknowledge they've come up with a genius idea. Can we not get a full You're like the Simon Cowell here.
0: No, We've all
1: said yes There's a yes so from So much
0: bloody football Oh my god <laughs> can you, like, you, can you love
1: football You don't have to watch it all No
2: no. Look look. look you're not going to be watching We'll like, try it out You're not going to be watching El Salvador against Nigeria In the other Who match of the group. Football hipsters will <laughs> love this People it's, in those countries for
0: your national moment Yeah as long as it doesn't dilute The actual national moments that matter
1: Well it won't Because you'll know you're in World Cup A As it yes. will be known going
2: forward It'll be as good a chance of qualifying as we have We wouldn't have to play France and Holland Yeah well, you know,
1: but we would try and qualify. You, oh, sorry, you
2: have to qualify. No, but I'm saying you've a better chance of winning this tournament than qualifying
1: in really. the next group oh, that you have could, two years later. We could be World Cup B champions. Yeah, the only change yeah, I'd make, Joe, and yeah. have
3: it in one place. I, I'm not sure with this idea of all the travel that would have to happen. I think like a World Cup That's what they're saying It it is in one one place,
1: Just not the same Not the same country As where the actual World Cup's happening Mm. I'm on board with that The suggestion is They run concurrently At the same time Like they're on the same month
3: And you could put it in countries That would struggle To host a World Cup Outside of that You could have all sorts of fun We could host World Cup B I don't know if clubs Would be
2: too happy about this Would they They'd be basically losing Every player they have for World Cup
1: B At Casement Park at last
2: There you go. We wouldn't even get World Cup B. We'd think we were getting it for two and a half years and then it turned out we finished last in yes. the voting. They checked the Wi-Fi and it wasn't very good.
1: <laughs> uh, genius suggestion. What a well laid out email as well from the Colgate water coolers gang. That
0: Approved. Was... Kill, you're going to kill Gianni Infantino with all that travelling. Well, indeed. <laughs> so even Simon Cowell here is saying yes. Well, like, it. He's like been forced to... You can't, you can't stop, you know, the progress of time. Oh my God. just <laughs> <laughs> like, what next then will be World Cup C? evidently you know and inevitably but I don't know about winning it because but so that's granted like, can like I put,
1: everyone deserves their chance like can I put this on record mm. and fingers crossed it won't be very for a very long time but I'm officially saying this now and it's up to you guys to enforce the wishes I want Arthur to do my eulogy when the day comes that I uh, <laughs> <laughs> You should probably tell your wife that, not us. I'll text you. I don't know. <laughs> Arthur's doing the eulogy. Sorry. <laughs> How would you even start? Well, you can't stop time. So.
2: His
1: day was always going to come.
2: I always remember my time with Joe. remember that time he was mad into that World Cup B idea? Yeah. Yeah. The phone. I hated it. You
1: remember the phone? <laughs> the four week phone. The phone. Go away with that. You'll be too excited by World Cup B to give eulogy. Um, there is some talk, Michael McCarthy. Anecdotally. So oh, where are we? Oh, massive no. health warning. What's going on? Do I need to go to an outbreak? No. No, no more. There hour hour is breaks. some anecdotal talk of Irish children. Oh yeah. One? Turning up to the Aviva Stadium, supporting Killian Mbappe. Not even supporting France and not supporting Ireland, but they're wearing wearing Mbappe jerseys. PSG jerseys. <laughs> Nationality was not a part of this mercifully after the discussion we just had this was just uh, not cheering uh, for France cheering for everybody Killian out there was the same and they were supporting Kylian Mappy. I, I, I was at a conference the, the, uh, the web summit number uh, a decade ago now and this was I can't remember by who but this was foreshadowed they were saying all the metrics were showing that the children yeah. were supporting either Messi or Ronaldo and as soon as one transferred to another club the they were moving with support was transferred Neymar was involved in this for a while as well yeah, I think they yeah. were of that yeah. era yeah, uh, and so if we're now at a point where Anne and Barry are turning up to support Kylian Mbappe, it's a sad day. Adrian Barry saw <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> and that um, was the name of the book in school. Anne and Barry. Anne and Barry yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, how concrete is this? I mean, are we talking one? It's not
2: concrete. No, no. This is so. This is uh, this is absolutely a straw poll now I have asked around a little bit and it seems to have been backed up not necessarily the not supporting Ireland thing I haven't heard that anywhere else but the um, friend of mine who is primary school age children who has been keeping me up to date with the, the football supporting trends has been interesting over the last couple of years for example he told me a couple of years ago that Manchester United not a thing at least in his son's class anyway you okay. know just a zero support whereas back in our day it would have been half the class and then the other half would maybe 30% Liverpool and everybody else just like random teams like me.
1: it be interesting uh, sorry like tangent Yeah go for it that's what uh, this is about. If, if uh, Manchester United become like the leads as if we're all dated by our Manchester United supporting exactly. next, or are United so big that they'll always be
2: I kind of feel like there's, there'll be a little bit more kind of passing down of United yeah. but I don't know if it's as strong as Liverpool was. Liverpool survived them being the brutal 90s. for 20 years because uh, how strong that connection was yeah. with the parents and stuff like that. I don't know if United are quite surviving that. From again, straw poll anecdotal evidence. Yeah. I completely agree, uh, but it's a nice little focus group, right? So, w- w- but w- anyway, you're yeah. saying there's like off uh, the whole class, right? Not supporting Ireland, not supporting France, supporting Killian and Mbappe. Sorry, like the whole class, more or less, like the majority, the old what would be the Man United brigade back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? In your in your class of like twenty two, twenty five kids or whatever about 12 of them support United. But they know for Ireland as well. But I that from what I heard no. So uh, then I asked stop. other friends and he was like, "Oh yeah, well no, they'd probably like want Ireland to win, but all they know they only know Neymar Messi and Ronaldo. They don't know any other players. I mean, they'll grow
3: out of it, so it's not a serious problem.
2: Mm, I said I it to Will know. earlier. He said the same thing. Like that, uh, one of his
3: friends.
1: And like I even what, thought. What, there sorry, was, what age is your friend?
3: Um, so he's thirty-six. He's got an eleven-year-old child. So not too far off what we're talking about right now. And he supports. Yeah, I'm talking a little younger. But yeah, yeah, so he supports Messi. So when Messi left Barcelona He started supporting Messi An Awful PSG. moment
1: there I thought you were talking about You're 36 years old Me too oh, no. he's, he's a little no. bit more sensitive. It'd be time Not to cut <laughs> him
3: But there were some older kids Joe Of 18 quid Going you, to a game You
1: support Mbappe
2: more
3: Than you support Ireland You were what? talking about it all week Oh sorry He was amazing <laughs>
1: Beforehand But I was, I was wishing ill on him
3: Yeah I know Well, Portugal fans last year There was a good few people Who turned up Irish people Who went to see Ronaldo As opposed to carrying. Yeah but still
1: supporting him. Ireland
3: yeah, I turned up to see Ronaldo. Less and less. Part. Less, maybe not. As much, ah, no, I'm not. By, I'm They're for uh, the kiddies. Yeah, I, I don't know about it.
0: that. I think it's just it's a, it's a novel thing. Like you're getting to see someone who's an actual global superstar here. Like it's 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 completely novel. It doesn't happen that often, really. I I, I think there's a natural allure to those kind of people, like and just an attraction to it. Yes. I don't know. If it, I don't know. Like how deep it digs into support. It's probably a healthier thing. I know, I d- what, I s- what happens when they retire?
1: I ser- well, I don't know. No, they fine. I it, do, do there. Yeah. I, 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 I certainly. Whoever's good in FIFA or, that year, I Mbappe mean, was being booed actually last night. As in comedy boo. Nah, that's the adults. No, just like he's their
2: Italian <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. the yeah. adult. On. The adults. The mature adults go and boo people. It's the kids who come support the wrong team. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be funny if it gets to a point where someday. When Mbappe plays and gets the ball, and there's like high pitched squeal all around the stadium of the kids, like, but
2: that's what it is. That that's what. It, what what was like? Beatlemania was named because it was a literal mania. That's what a high pitched squeal sounds like, by the way. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was hot, up there with Lee Westwood's on fire, but uh, no, Beatlemania was called that because it was before everything was mania because it was a literal mania. Yeah. You see that thing, and that's like there is a, the, the, the unable to control screaming. That ended up ruining their concerts and they weren't able to play anymore. But f- the more footballers become superstars, the more likely that is to happen, and the more that is going to be the case. That seeing Mbappe is a bigger deal than Ireland winning, and it's just a changing of sport. It is a natural thing. Again, it's I don't think that the, I don't think that it's ultimately outside of this this one straw poll that isn't really investigated too thoroughly. I think there's all there's going to be a case of they'll obviously want Ireland to win and they'll support Ireland, but. It's the fact that the seeing the player, instead of it being a novelty, is a bigger deal. Yeah. And I think it's like it's superstar celebrity stuff rather
1: than it being about the sport and wanting your team to win yeah, the way it was in Ireland. that's what day. I think it is as well. Yeah. So we have three and a half minutes and Vinnie Perth and Gavin Cooney are probably into the studio for the football show, so there'll be lots of Ireland talk. I'll give you all a minute each if we can uh, do that. Where is uh, Stephen Kenny after last night? Du, 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 du. Will.
3: Um I think I, w- I wouldn't say enhanced but certainly not hurt in any way by the performance last night yeah. I think most people like I was at the game the people I saw coming out were very very happy with the performance felt Ireland could easily have nicked the draw by the end of it there was a prevailing a prevailing feeling as well that was like that's the standard of performance they want to see for the rest of the group I'm not sure that's necessarily realistic because I think sometimes te- the Ireland team will raise their performance for a big team coming to town and last night they were remarkably well organised and you draw on the energy of a performance against a team like France yeah. it might not be the same away to Greece No, and so it's not it-
1: realistic Think it's going to be the same. There's also night. that quality about a game last night where, like, France are so much better than Ireland that every tackle, every throw in won is a cause for celebration in the stadium. will be a bit harder to impress against Greece away or Greece at home. Every right? time Rabio kicks it over to the sideline. Yeah. Rabiot. Uh, bad timing <laughs> a lot as of well. cheers courtesy of Rabio. Like, he won't. We're not going to meet the Dutch when they've six or seven
3: players out. It would have been fantastic if we'd had them in this series of games. Yeah, I'd agree with but. that. Your point about us raising
2: ourselves is very important because it's not even that we raise ourselves, it's that it's a completely different game plan. So, Ireland are able to organise. For France, right, and it's 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 incredibly impressive in itself, but you get zero points from it. Mm. Whereas you have to have a completely different thing to break down Greece. Yeah, mm. it's completely different football. It's a completely different match, and we don't know. We have he's uh, where Stephen Kenny is is enhanced by last night because that's great against France. But the thing he hasn't proven is that he's able to organise the team to do what we
0: need to do against Greece.
1: Yeah, Arthur o Are you confident? Yeah no not
0: really but sure it's nice you know now and again when it goes well
1: <laughs> 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 it's like, you know it's like no I'm not, probably not I think he, you know yeah there's been
0: nothing to suggest that we should beat Greece but who knows yeah. maybe we will he's not wrong
1: no I just said that so come the, here uh, what's the opening line of the eulogy go <laughs> I don't know you had to give me some more time to think about Joe it
2: Joe was a radio man I'm tempting <laughs> here I'm here right I'm a I'm <laughs> Joe was a radio
3: man we're so both I live in Joe how does he go he loved golf what happens to him? I mean, not for a long time. Not for a long time, okay. No. We all remember his stint as a host <laughs> yeah, that, fondly. It
2: was seven months. <laughs> but I remember the real
1: Joe.
2: <laughs> I choose to remember the guy that didn't get a chance to talk to us about the slight tangent before we went on air. Sorry about that. Uh, that's my You'd fault. You declined to talk to us.
1: That's um, I'm, I'm walking off the 18th at Pebble, uh, age 95, and I'm a billionaire. It's tragic all the same. People are sad <laughs> yeah. You're still alone <laughs> And Arthur's still doing Your eulogy <laughs> What's the fr- Oh you're 98 What's I just want the first line I don't, Well maybe Don't spoil it for me I've no idea uh, You're not going to be there Don't, don't worry. Us. You'll be only
0: there Literally in spirit. I won't be 98 I'll be younger than you Why will you be? I'll be uh, I'm 95 be, well, I don't know what age you are 37 Well I'm 5 years back So you're 90 I'm 90
1: um, You're making me fly All the way out there two No good no, no I'll, I'll, I'll be brought They'll back I'll be brought back Okay <laughs> was a terrible <laughs> conversation. <laughs> um, maybe I suspect there will be one or two hardcore fans who might attempt to write the eulogy on your behalf to a slight tangent at the oh, It's is 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 a so. grin thought. it be a crossover there I say, with the Golf Weekly listeners. it will be a nice Venn
2: diagram
0: if put it up together. I mean, they'd be upset.
2: Yeah. I expect an email next week.
0: <laughs> <It's> still going. <laughs> <laughs> oh God.
1: The Peter Alice of golf podcasting. I would like to keep... Whatever I, whatever I do in life, I'll keep talking about God God. podcast one way or another. What? Will wrap it up Sorry. for God's <laughs> Right, we're done.